Welcome back to the show. My name is Michael Lynn, and this is the MongoDB Podcast. If you're a MongoDB user, then you've likely got data. And if you're looking to put that data to use to get it into action more efficiently, today's episode is just for you. We're diving into the world of BuddyBase. BuddyBase is a platform that turns your MongoDB data and data from other databases into actionable insights and functional applications in record time. Joining me is Kevin Cunningham. He's going to show you how to build a fully working CRUD application integrated with MongoDB. He's going to do it in less than 35 minutes. We'll explore how BuddyBase can simplify your workflows, automate your processes, and even bring in real-time collaboration, all while leveraging the power of MongoDB. This isn't just a talk. It's an actual hands-on demo. We're going to walk you through it. We'll explain every step of the way. If you want to get more information, make sure you check the show notes. If you enjoy this show, please leave a rating and a comment. and Share this episode with a colleague. I hope you enjoy this episode. Kevin, it's great to have you on the show. How are you today? Yeah, I'm doing well, thanks. It's um, a cloudy day, but I live in Northern Ireland, so that's most of the time, to be fair. <laughs> right. Tell the folks a little bit about yourself. Who are you and what do you do? Yeah, so I am um, working as a developer relations at BuddyBase. I'm an educator by trade, um, maths teacher through to web developer through to developer education. Um, and I work at BuddyBase to help uh, the platform, people be able to use the platform well um, and learn about how to trans build internal tools. Yeah, it's a challenge, right? So many developers want to get up to speed quickly. They want to provide value. I know when I worked at a, a Fortune 50 financial firm, internal tools were so important and we needed to be moving very quickly to, uh, well, to, to use the volumes of data uh, available with internally. And we developed a lot of tools to do that. I know I've developed from scratch using, um, you know, PHP and some JavaScript on the front end. And it was always a, a hassle, really, because you become a, a maintainer of those internal mm. tools as well. Mm. So tell the folks what BuddyBase is and, and how it works. Yeah. So um, at BuddyBase, we want to help people turn their data into action. Um, we do a really good job at collecting data, putting it in databases of various shapes and sizes. Um, and then it can often languish and being able to get real-time insights from that data can be super challenging. Um, and so we want to help people use their data where it's at to be able to leverage, the, be able to um, help their colleagues do their jobs more effectively and efficiently. Um, so rather than having to go through the full development cycle, as you know, to be able to even do a simple CRUD application for, um, for a, a use case internally um, can take a long time, first of all, to get the developer resources to be able to prioritize that when there's external customer-facing stuff that potentially um, gets more immediate seeming value, um, um, but also to, as you say, maintain it, keep it going, and be able to... Um, be able to add more features, change things as, as to match the workflows that become more and more evident as internal colleagues are using tools. It becomes more and more obvious what's needed, how it should be presented, what data should be brought in, and how it should be stored. Um, so yeah, so BuddyBase wants to help uh, internal teams just accelerate that process, uh, put it sort of the make 
um, professionals who maybe aren't developers um, initially um, or aren't um, web developers. Maybe they are um, database administrators. Maybe they are um, IT managers. Maybe they are um, they're working in infrastructure or doing something where they, they know the data and they know what they wanted to do, but they don't necessarily have the skills to fire up a PHP server or, or write a, a React application or do something that's going to um, interact with that data in a meaningful and helpful way. So BuddyBase wants to sort of help those particular colleagues be able to meet their needs as quickly and easily as possible. I love that. I mean, it, it really, it's in line with the goals that we have at MongoDB to help developers become more effective and, and develop great tools and, uh, and expose and use data. That's, that's what it's all about. Now, I did have the opportunity to take BuddyBase for a spin. And the thing that I was impressed with is how quickly I was able to, to get a, a CRUD application up and working. Hmm. Um, I also like, you know, I work for a database company and Obviously, I'm going to be using MongoDB on the back end. I'm going to be exposing MongoDB data, and BuddyBase helped me do that. But I noticed that there's connectors for other databases as well. Mm. Can I develop an application that leverages data from multiple sources, multiple databases? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we yeah, so we have an internal database which is um, which is relational. We have um, connectors through REST API collection of REST API endpoints relational and non-relational databases, um, and even um, interacting with spreadsheet applications like Airtable and Google Sheets. So wherever the data is, we want to make it as easy as possible to build, uh, to build a um, intuitive and sort of designed front end to make it more um, accessible. I, I, there's definitely a reality where um, Mike, one of our um, founders, is an engineer who just found himself building these kind of similar internal tools over and over and over again. I was really repetitious. You know, that kind of CRUD application is normally what we want. And having to build that for different use cases, with different users, for different data sets, um, was just becoming, um, yeah, really frustrating. And um, so he partnered with Joe, who, who's our other co-founder, to be able to think about how they could um, provide a an open source um, option because most of the things that were available at the time were closed source and enterprise heavy. But just to help um, the community be able to build um, tools quickly and easily. Um, so yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so BuddyBase is interesting. I like the interface. It's very easy to use. And as I said, I, I was able to get a CRUD application up and running very quickly. I know there's many tool internal tool providers on the market today, and many of them offer access to and management of data in MongoDB. What makes BuddyBase different? Um, I think when we have been attractive to people, um, it's people, it's um, we can host our platform on wherever it needs to be hosted. So we do offer a cloud um, instance ourselves that people can subscribe to. But um, we have uh, governments who are using the tool in sort of an air gap kind of way. So they're hosting it in their own infrastructure and making sure that um, that's the on only their computers are touching the code and touching the data to be able to make sure that um, there's that level of security. Um, so being able to, to host uh, BuddyBase wherever 
um, is going to work, whether or not that's your own infrastructure, cloud infrastructure that you maintain or manage um, on any of the main cloud platforms are going to, are going to be able to, to run that. We've got one click installs on, on many of the other, uh, on many of those platforms as well. So those sort of, those choices um, are, are really, really powerful. Um, we've had um, the Bulgarian government used us for um, UBS for uh, registering Ukrainian refugees um, in the past year. And they needed to sort of spin up something to register 100,000 refugees. They did it in three days. And one of the reasons why they chose BuddyBS was to be the open source aspect, um, reduce the, um, the, the procurement um, process. Um, so being able to get that up and running quickly um, and, and, and contributing back to the community in, in that kind of way has been, is, is really important to us. Yeah. What's the revenue model? How does BuddyBase make money? Yeah, so um, that we have the cloud platform, which is um, so subscribing to that. There's a free tier as users um, as use more of the features, then then that then that increases. Um, there are um, we we are exploring different different pricing models at the moment. Um, I'm looking at um, providing some more um, premium features that um, would be access accessed by um, paid or premium users. Um, so hosting um support so pay so so being able to pay for more for for more support but actually um a lot of our support is managed through um get discussions and um we're responding there our team are responding there regularly to be able to get that up and running as well yeah so if you're listening to the podcast there's mm. going to be a video component there'll be a video element to our discussion today and we're showing the the buddy base app if you want to get more information Check the show notes. There'll be a link to the video that accompanies this discussion. If you want to check out BuddyBase as we're as we're discussing this, you can visit buddybase.app. So tell me what we're looking at. Yes. Yeah, so um, I have logged into BuddyBase. I'm hosting this locally using Docker, um, but the same portal where I can sort of see all of the applications that I've created. Um, there are quite a few, you've got many apps. Are these all demo apps, I suppose? These are, yeah. So um, I, on our YouTube channel, I create a new app once a week. So um, the, so they, this, I clear this out every once in a while, but there, there's, um, there, it's a growing collection of applications in here as well. Um, and so, yeah, the, the interface I'm seeing here and the BuddyBase portal would be the same interface I would see if I was accessing it on the cloud or if I was accessing it on any other infrastructure, which is, which is cool. So, um, and we have sort of, we have a user management system links into, um, we can, we can manage that using open ID. We can do single sign-ons and lots of other ways that if you already have um, user management going on inside your uh, organization. We can integrate with that as well so that you can invite different users into applications once you've published and as well, which is, which is cool, being able to have that diversity there as well. So it's, it's built in. It's got user and group role mm -hmm. management built right in. So I built an app and I noticed that the users and groups were already present in the app I built. Mm. Yeah, so that's some, that's something that that you get right out of the box. Absolutely. I mean, I think rule-based access control is so important for anything that's touching on data. Um, to say clearly, this is, um, we, we default to basic, what we call basic, which means that users need to be logged in. 
but we can choose that the public, which means someone doesn't need to be logged in. So we can imagine a particular screen um, might be public for data collection, but it might for data presentation, you might want someone to be logged in. And we also have a couple of elevated roles, um, admin and power, where we can segment our applications to allow users um, as they build the applications to have bits that are accessible to some users or not to others. It's such a common use case. As you say, it's it, having out of the box is just sort of feels so natural and important for us. When I started my career, I worked at a company where we had built this kind of fourth generation language or, or development environment. And it kind of reminds me of that. There's this concept of, of an app and in the app you have you have data providers and mm -hmm. in the, you leverage the data providers to populate components. And that's mm -hmm. kind of the steps that you walk through. You create an app, you provide data to the app, and then you populate that data using components. Mm -hmm. Walk through the process of creating an app for the users. Yeah, awesome. So that if, well, from the portal, there's a, there's a big blue button that says create new app. So I'm going to click on. And the first thing I get is a whole load of different templates that we provide based on common use cases that we see people use and want and need approval systems and directories and, and those kind of things as well. Um, but I'm going to click on the big start from scratch button and I'm going to create, um, I, I thought we could build a, a CRUD application on top of Mongo. It feels like a sensible <laughs> way forward. Um, and it's going to be for a tool company. So let's call this call tools, not. I'll create my application. So as you say, yeah, the first thing we want to do is get some data in. Um, and I think where, um, and for, for us, that's where everything starts. Everything, once we have our data in the right kind of setup in the way we want it to be set up, um, then we can start building the user experiences and think about how we want to um, use and expose that data in different ways. So we call them data sources. Um, and, and so we're going to select a, a MongoDB um, data source, which is available here as one of the, we've got sort of 16 um, built-in um, data sources. We're constantly evaluating which other data sources to pull in and, and how to be able to use those. But actually our REST API, collection of REST API endpoints means that it that, that adds that extra versatility as well. Um, if someone wants to be able to just um, do um, get and post requests, um, we can we can we can manage that as well. Yeah, and I'm, I'm noting that it's quite a comprehensive list, 16, and there's recent like Snowflake and mm -hmm. the old standbys, the Oracle, the MySQL, Microsoft SQL, Postgres. Yeah, great coverage, and even yeah. Google Sheets. That's interesting. We, we recognize that the, that people have data in lots of places and we want to meet them where they're at. And so we're listening to our community, finding out w what's missing, um, how, what's what's needed. And we also see that the, you, you call out the sort of the SQL side. There's a lot of um, IT professionals who are maintaining SQL databases and want to be able to build apps on top of it. And that's mm -hmm. true for, for Mongo database um, um, maintainers as well. So, so yeah, so we're kind of, we want to be um, hitting those, um, helping those professionals be able to achieve their goals. Yeah, yeah. Now that we've got an app and now we're going to select a MongoDB data source, what mm -hmm. happens next? Yeah, so we're going to um, add the, the connection string. So we're going to parse whatever connection string we are, we're using for MongoDB, just following the same standard format that Mongo does. 
I have a I have a database set up um, in um, um, in in the cloud and mm -hmm. Atlas to be able to to get that. So I am going to just copy my I'll copy my connection string and paste in here. Um, my my very secure username and password, <laughs> Kevin and Kevin. Um, I will delete that at this after the podcast or not. Um, I'm the database I'm just going to call. Um, I'm just call call training. Connect to there. So um, we've connected to the database, and we get this sort of pop up that's saying, "Hey, we're ready to query the data." And what we'll do um, is create the queries that that will access the data in the way that we want to. Um, so I'll click on the create new query and I'm arriving um, in this create new query um, space here. And I, we are going to do CRUD, but I'm going to not start with the C. I'm going to start with the R. I'm going to read, we're going to get things first so that we can actually see stuff going on. So um, I'll name the query just so that um, I can find it later on, so I'll get all items. Um, I've got an option of what type of um, function is this. And so we've got create, read, update, delete, um, or aggregate. Um, so matching Mongo's definition of, the, of those various functions as well. So if we click on read, um, again, we've got this rule-based access at the query level if we want to use it. Um, so we can decide, hey, actually, I want to make sure that only admin users can query this function in this way and be able to, to get that data. We define our collection, so I'm going to call it um, um, inventory. Now, and, can, can I ask a question while you're doing this? We're creating a query mm -hmm. for the screen that we're focusing on at the moment. Is it advisable to have data prior to building the screen? Um, you, you can do it either way. I find it easier to have some data in there to help me um, figure out what I'm doing. Um, and we definitely are, are aware of helping people with existing data turn it into action. But if yeah. you're coming at this from a fresh greenfield data, data perspective, then that works just as well. So okay. yeah, it's whatever whatever's going to match your use case really. Um, so I've got various query types, so you'll notice that they they feel very um, they they match a lot of the Mongo API. So find, find one, find one, update, count, and distinct. I'm going to leave it on find. I'm going to to run the query. Um, what I'll do is it'll do a couple of things. The first thing uh, I get sort of three tabs from my query results. The first is a, a JSON representation of the first item that matches my query result. So we get sort of a sort of an insight into the type of data that we're, we're going to get back at that point. So I can see I've got um, an ID field, the name, location, description, category, and the double underscore V. So I haven't updated this file. This is version zero for this record. It's there, it's ready to go. So the, that's the first thing. The next is the schema. And if I click into that, um, BuddyBase is going to try to infer uh, the data type of each field that's here. And if we look at it and think, actually, BuddyBase, you've got that a bit wrong. We've got this drop down, and we can sort of say, actually, that's actually a date time. It looks like a string, but it's actually a date time. And so that when we display the data, it's going to get used the right ways to be able to, to manage that data as well. And then 
because this is unstructured, it may, we may find, oh, actually, we're using the first record to be able to define the schema. Maybe the first record is missing a key field. And in that case, we can add the field manually to be able to say, actually, expect this, this field that happens mm -hmm. not to be in the first record. We know we've got unstructured data. There exists a very real possibility that there's a field somewhere else. And we can yeah. um, manage that here as well. Yeah, I, I like mm -hmm. the concept of polymorphism, which MongoDB supports. And I'm wondering if there's a maybe an opportunity to give the developer the opportunity to sample the database to get a better representation. Maybe that's a, uh, a PR we can submit. Yeah, well, the preview gives us the gives us a sort of the overview of the data um, as it stands. So it kind of fetches the whole data. Um, okay. so, um, so yeah, we kind of get, we've got, we've got that whole, the table representing mm -hmm. all of that that's there. So yeah, so it's similar to what you're, you're saying, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, the other thing we've got, we, we'll, we'll come to bindings a little bit and then transformer. So the transformers, if I wanted to, um, the, the, this data will be a returned as an array of JavaScript objects. Um, if I wanted to, I could map over that array and maybe add fields, maybe mm -hmm. remove fields and filter things out. And that's what this transformer lets me do. It lets me manage that as well. And that's JavaScript or? That's JavaScript. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Great. So, so yep. yeah, I mean, especially working with Mongo, um, uh, being JavaScript is, is definitely a, a, an advantage because it's, it fits so well with the, the Mongo, um, um, frame of mind, MongoDB frame of mind. For sure. Yeah. Um. So we have the, so this is we've added a query or or get all items which is which is great, um and we can run that query anytime we want to get the data there, um but once we have data we can we can go and start populating making something with it, um we can kind of bounce about a little bit here as well, and um, we've got these tabs along the top we've got our data tab where we're going to manage. Our data sources, as you've mentioned already, we could have multiple data sources. It doesn't just have to be mm -hmm. one Mongo connection. We have multiple Mongo databases that we're storing different types of data in um, or non-Mongo DB um, databases as well. The design tab is where we're going to build screens, um, which are going to be made up of components. And then we're getting into your um, your first job or, or do your previous your previous role where you're building those as well. Mm -hmm. um, which is cool. So will we build a, will we build a, the screen to show this data? Sounds good. Sounds good. So we've got an option of um, blank screen or table. I'm going to choose a blank screen and I'm, I'm prompted to give a URL. So I'll just call this an items um, and continue. And, the, and again, we're back at our back. We've got our rule base. We'd say, well, who's going to be able to see this? I'm going to leave it a basic, but we could set the public again. That's, when we can embed BuddyBase applications into other web pages, which we often do with forms, which mm. means that people that form would then post directly um, into a MongoDB into a MongoDB database if that's our data source or wherever it's going to be. Um, but if it's public, I mean, you know, um, people don't have to log in to be able to do that. I want to explain and talk about how BuddyBase applications surface to the end user, and mm. you mentioned embedding. I think that's going to be really interesting. So we'll come yeah. back to that. Cool. I'll leave it at basic and click done. And we get through this, um, we get this uh, design palette, I guess, or, or panel to be able to work out what's going on. We've got, a, it's a buddy base that we're building um, 
single page application. So it's, so it's that kind of, um, we're, we're breaking down by screen. Um, we can persist um, state variables between screens if we want to. We can pass things around in the URL. And we'll see some of that um, as we're building um, this afternoon. Mm -hmm. um, but I have the, the list of screens in the top left and my components just below it. Um, and on the right-hand side, that's going to be really important. That's where all our configuration is going to be as we mm -hmm. kind of move on. We've got our screen level um, options and configuration on the right. We've got our, our navigation level. So if we wanted to sh not to show a nav on a page, we could choose that. Mm -hmm. We want to have there and configure various bits that are going on here. But I'm going to add um, a component. I could do that with the little plus here, or there's a big blue um, plus down here, which does have mm -hmm. an extra rotation to an X. Um, I'm going to add a table block. Um, so a table block um, is a block which is going to use a table to display some data. Um, and at the moment it says, add the data setting to start using your component. It wants us to mm -hmm. choose the data option. I click that drop down. One of the things that is available to me is my get all queries um, option I've created over there. And straight away I've got this table um, view of, um, of, of, of what's going on. Um, I can click on all columns, which will allow me to decide, actually, I don't really want to expose the double underscore V um, field. I normally don't expose that. So I'll, mm -hmm. I'll get rid of that. I get rid of the ID. And if I save it now, it looks a bit tidier and a bit nicer. Um, I've got the option to sort of, sort of bump up the size a bit for those who are on maybe mobile devices or, or who need glasses like me and mm -hmm. um, want to see a bit more. We default to um, eight on the scroll limit, and we could um, by and to paginate. So if we just if we preview that, we can see this lovely table. We can do various things, um, and what I'd like to be able to do is to navigate to a page just for that um, particular um, for that particular row where we can update it, which would, we can do mm -hmm. our update and. Delete. So we're, we're doing we're doing it slightly backwards. We're doing our R U D C Rudka um, <laughs> rather than our crud. So 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 we'll get there as well. So um, if I if we think about updating them, oh sorry. Um, if we think about updating, uh, what we might do. So I'll click on this and I'll say, well, what I want to do, run actions um, on row click, new action set. I want to navigate to. Where I want to navigate to is to items, and I wanted to pass the ID in as a query parameter. Mm, wait, um, let me guess. Interpolation. Oh yeah, brilliant. <laughs> but actually, we've got this little. Um, the, we've got. Um, I'm pressing this lightning bolt here. We call them this bindings, and uh -huh. I can I can bind to various things, and if I click on the new the new table block, I can bind to the clicked row, and dot underscore id so i'm just using oh, beautiful even rotation. though you remove the id from the table previously yep it still exists so still just exists. so okay. it's still there so i can still reference it and still use that um and what's going on there so with that and when i save that now that page doesn't exist yet so when i click on this row it's not going to do anything it's going to try to do something get confused mm. there um but it'll be very familiar if i create another screen um it'll be very familiar to um anyone who's worked with Express or, or many other sort of platforms, I'm going to use a colon mm -hmm. um, in my path to represent a dynamic segment of my, of my path. So 
I can name the server I want. I'm going to be very clever and call ID mm -hmm. um, and, and see about there. Again, we've got our individual RBAC. And for now, what I'll do is I'll just have a little a headline that's just going to, to, to show that ID just to make sure it's doing what we're hoping it's doing. Mm -hmm. So I'll use the lightning bolt in the text and I'll say from the URL, can you get the ID? And again, this says ID because that's what I've named it up there. So that would change yeah. based on what's there. So I save that and um, we can go on preview. So from my table, this is the beautiful MongoDB object ID going on <laughs> The UUID, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We've got that EUID happening, which would be in, in the URL, embedded in the URL to be able to reference that. Awesome. So we've got a page to be able to, um, to, be able to show this um, detail of the screen. Um, let's uh, update it and, and see, see what's going on. So I'm going to go back to my data tab, MongoDB, and create a new query. Mm -hmm. And for this, I'm going to update. Brilliant. And the keyboard stopped working. <laughs> Hilarious. Bluetooth? Yeah. Oh, there we go. It says, there you go. There we go. <laughs> turned it off and turned it back on again. Uh, I'm going to, um, to name it, um, update one item. It's going to be a function. It's going to be an update type. The collection is going to be my inventory. And the query type is going to be update one. So, um, this, this, our query builder is, is, um, maps to MongoDB's um, update one function. So if we imagine everything that we would we would put inside of the update one function of MongoDB, we're going to do directly here. So we'll have the um, the selector that's going to filter the items to decide what we're going to update. And then we're going to um, call a set method to be able to, to update that field as well. So I'm going to select this using the ID to map it the ID, and that's going to be object ID of, and I want some way to pass in the ID of the object. And that's where we're going to come to bindings. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to add a binding. I'll call it underscore ID, and I can give it a default value, which I'll need to do in a sec, but I'll, I'll, um, I'll yeah, well, I'll come back to give it a default values in a minute. But we've got this ID as a binding. And to use it inside of um, our query, we're going to use handlebar notation like we did on the front end. So mm -hmm. double curly braces, and I'll just inject the handlebar notation like that. Great. Okay, so that's how we're going to query. Um, we'll find out the, the correct um, item that we want to be able to get. And then we want to update each of the fields. And there were four of them. There was name, location, description, and category. So I'm going to just go through the process of adding a binding for each of those name, location, description, and category. And I'll add them in then to my set function. So I'll do, um, this being passed as JSON. So I'll, I'm, I'm coding everything, um, because mm -hmm. it'll be passed as a JSON object. Um, so I'm going to set the name. We're going to set to handlebars. Handlebars name. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. There we go. And yeah. So it, it, it kind of starts to make sense. If you, again, if you, for MongoDB developers who are coming here 
um, and seeing this, this will feel very familiar. Um, it should hopefully map your experience of using the MongoDB SDKs and whatever platform you're using them already. Um, so hope that we try to keep maintaining that familiarity um, mm. rather than creating something random. Hope can quite do it as well. So I've done that. And if I run this query, it's going to complain probably. Oh, it didn't. It, it, it did it fine. It, 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 it accepted it, which was great. I'm acknowledged it was true. So it was a correct set of, it was a correctly configured um, query, but it didn't modify anything. So mm. was, oh, that's fine. We're, we're ready mm. to go. Um, so I'll save that query now. I've got my update one item query saved, and now I can go and, and do something with it on the front end. And that kind of pattern is going to be really common where we're, we'll, we'll either have the data that we want to expose or want to do something with the data, and we'll go and create the Mongo query that's going to provide for that, and then go and use that on the front end. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we're items ID page. And what I'll do first of all is I'm going to use a data provider. Um, and this is a this is a concept within BuddyBase where we are going to provide the data to everything nested below it. So it will execute a query, it will give us some data that then can be um, accessed by anything that's nested below it. Um, we've kind of only had things on the top level, but nesting is really important in terms of data passing backwards and forwards. Um, in the midst here. So we've got my, my data provider. I say what I want to provide, I want to provide get all items, but I specifically want to filter that based on the current ID. I don't want every item. I want just the item that's based on the ID. So I'll click mm -hmm. on no filter, filter set, add a filter. I'll match the ID that equals value is a fixed value that doesn't change. We actually want a binding. And this particular binding we want is lightning bolt, double curly braces, um, URL, ID. We've got mm -hmm. autocomplete um, inside of there as well, which is, which is great. So we start the, the double curly braces and we've got autocomplete in those bindings. We're ready to go. So I'll, um, I can name this. Um, so this is my item data provider, maybe. Um, and the benefit of naming it is just that on the, on the side here, I can. When, when there's many components, I can get an idea of, of what's going on. So inside I like, of that it's, I like that it's opinionated in that it assumes that you're going to build certain, uh, a certain paradigm of screen to screen interaction, but, but I still have a lot of flexibility to name things and to, to construct it in the way that, that makes sense for me. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Great. Um, and we're, we're constantly thinking about, um, what the blocks are um, in here at the top are a data provider with um, commonly used components. Um, so we're constantly sort of building um, and thinking about best ways that people can use this to help um, speed up that process as much mm -hmm. as possible. As you mm -hmm. say, um, we want to provide opinions for best practice while at the same time giving flexibility for people to go off and do what they, what they want to do as well. Um, so inside of this, I'm going to create a form and um, I'll just call this my update form. And I've got a type and create our update. I'll set an update. I've got a schema 
and that's going to ask, say, is there a query that I have that this is going to to feed to an array? Mm -hmm. So update, update one item because we want to update our our form that's going on there. Um, and inside of my update form, I'll add another component. So we've got this nesting going on, but we're mm -hmm. going to have a field group. And I'm going to click on update form fields. Going to check if I'm happy that I want to do that. And I am. So I'll update and say, yep, I'm ready to do. What that will do is it'll look at the schema and it will create the right data type to, um, to field type. It'll create a form based on the schema, which, Brilliant. which, is, which is great. So if you have a date field, it'll be a date picker. And mm -hmm. if you have a Boolean, it'll be a checkbox. So it'll, it'll inspect the schema and it'll create the form based on that schema. Really nice. Which is cool. Um, I don't want the ID so I'm, I'm in the form itself. And we'll, come, we'll see in a minute what we want to do with that instead. Um, so I'll delete that component. And now with each of these components, for this name component, it's matching to the field name. I might change the label to be capital N. And this default value, I want to be the, um, the, the row that already exists. If it, if it exists in the database already, I want that to, to be there as well. Mm -hmm. So I'll go to default value. Um, it's going to be from the item provider. It's going to be from the rows, the item provider. Now rows, even though there's only one item in there, it's still an array of rows. Mm -hmm. And so it's a zero index array of a row. So we'll do, do dot notation. We'll say dot zero dot name for that field mm -hmm. over there. So pipe is obviously the first record I have. Um, so that's being auto, auto filled in there as well. Um, I'll just quickly do the same for the others. So change the label. It's a default value, rows dot zero dot location. Chin. And uh, rows dot zero dot description. You, you've clearly done this a couple times. Few times, yeah. <laughs> Few times. Um I say so on our YouTube channel we, we do we 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 do new videos every week. Um, and so there'll be many times of, of uh, often I, I fast forward through this bit. So <laughs> you'll see me doing it much quicker, much slower there. So we, so we've got our data, um, which is, which is, which is showing up there, which is great. Um, and we just want now a button so that we can see it, save this. Um, so I will add a button and I'll call this and save and on click, um, I'll set an action in there. And what I want to do is, is execute a query. That query mm -hmm. that we created on the back end, I want to execute that. Which query from MongoDB? Which one? Update one item. And then we start matching our bindings. Okay. So, so, so this is us. So we can see what the query looked like on the back end, just to remind us what was what. And then we can just go, yeah, okay. And so this is another sort of wiring up. Our ID isn't coming mm -hmm. from the form. It's still coming from the URL. Um, and then the name is coming from the form. And we can scroll down and find name. Oops. Oh, if I could click the right thing though. Apparently clicking the right thing is important. <laughs> um, lightning bolt form location. Lightning bolt form and category. And oh, nope, I got around the wrong way. This one was category. And this one was actually description. Mm -hmm. So it's rich. 
So if we preview that preview that now, we've got our initial table, which is here, your screwdriver on aisle 10, which is rust resistant to this tool. If I click on it, we can see it's there. We've actually moved it aisle 11, so we can save that, get it executed successfully up here. But probably, I mean, we can think about other, other things we might want to happen because we probably want to navigate back to the other table. We might want to trigger something else that happens. We can, we can build those actions on top of, on top of it as well. So, so it's super handy to manage that. I mean, just blazing through it. So it's about 30 minutes into the demo. You already got a really functional <laughs> app. <It's great. laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we BuddyBase is great for forms and um, for workflows, for approval kind of thing. There are definitely things where. Um, if you're building a SaaS or a social media app, maybe BuddyBS isn't for you. But if you're building a form and you're you're collecting data and want to use that data, then BuddyBS I think is a really helpful and, and useful use case. Mm -hmm. Let's see our delete. Um, I'm, I'm maybe some of these tools have gone out of stock and we don't want to to manage that. So we'll go to our data. We'll put a button in here first of all, maybe to do it. So um, if I add another button. Um, this is going to be my delete button. We'll say delete. We're going to call it the delete button so I can see it's distinct over here. So mm -hmm. if I don't name my components distinctly, and the only the problem is that finding them in the on the on in this sort of um, explorer is is more challenging. Um, so maybe I should see it, see this as well. Um, so I probably want this to be maybe a warning button, nice red kind of thing mm -hmm. going on there, and I'd like them sort of like stacked probably better than this. So to, to handle that kind of, um, we, we kind of are, are stacking everything by default. Um, so it's very much, a um, a flex, um, column kind of thing mm -hmm. going on one on top of the other. We kind of want to in intercept that we'll, we'll use a container to then be able to wrap things and be able to decide, um, on, on that kind of styling. So I've got this container, I'm going to move these buttons inside of. How did you move those? Oh, sorry. Um, I held the command button and used the cursor keys. Oh, um, nice. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I, I find it, sometimes when I'm, you can also pick it up and drag it and drag it. Um, yeah. But which and hover over the right bit and that normally works fine, but I don't find the keyboard. I can be, get more accuracy with the keyboard, <laughs> which, is, which is good. Um, so if I click on the container, I've got all of these kind of flex options to be able to manage that. So I maybe want them horizontally. Um, and a budding on the right hand side that feels that feels more intuitive about nice. to kind of see see what's going on so let's wire up this button so for that i'm going to go to mongo create a query for it this might delete one item you delete collection you want to delete from the inventory collection um query type delete one and the only thing i need to pass in here is the id i'm going to use to be able to identify it or or I can use any field to identify it, but I'm going to use the ID to identify it. So ID and exactly the same thing, object ID of um, handlebars ID. In order for that to work, I need to create a binding for that. So double underscore ID for my binding. I run my query. It was acknowledged. It was a correctly formed query. I feel happy about that. Um, so I'll save that. Let's go wire up our button. So we'll click on our delete button. On click actions, I want to execute a query. 
um, on MongoDB, delete one item, and I've got this binding. So the ID is in, still in the URL. Awesome. And the other thing, I want a second action. I want to navigate back to that table when I'm there. So I'll navigate to. So there are other actions. So ones that are related to data. So getting more data, refreshing providers, updating state variables that can be persisted after a page refresh. So that's going to be super helpful if you want to maintain user state in different ways. And even uploading to S3 buckets. Um, we find people are uploading files um, or larger. They often want to have some way to manage that and keeping that separate from the buddy-based database or data source can be super handy. So you can do that. Um, but we're going to use one of these, um, one of these uh, uh, navigate to application actions. So we'll navigate to our item screen. We'll save that. So let's preview it. We have our pipe on aisle three. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it was this very important. Um, this store I was building there was it has lots of aisles in it, but lot these pipes are not always in the same same place. But this is wrong, so I'm going to delete this pipe in aisle three, and it's gone from our table. So got that ready to go. In very short order, we were able to create a fully functional CRUD application, and I think it, it literally took less than thirty five minutes to do that. Mm -hmm. What else do you want to mention about BuddyBase? What other key mm. features should people know about? So once we've got the data, we could display it in lots of different ways. So we could um, aggregate the data and display it in charts. That's, you know, we make dashboards, real-time dashboards. We're pulling the data from the database, being able to show that really awesome use case. Um, we could have um, multiple step forms with lots of logic so that we can sort of help our users sort of minimize things that are going on there. We also have lots of it automation integrations, um, and these can be super helpful for, um, for different stages of, of workflows. Um, so we've got our data, we've showing it to our users, and now what, what are we going to do with it after, as the data is being added, as it's being changed, as it's being updated? And these automations, we've got um, respond to different things. They can respond to records being created. They're called rows here. So rows being created, delete, and updated. Obviously, in Mongo, that's a document, but it's the mm -hmm. same. It's the same kind of. Um, mm -hmm. we'll, we'll deal with that there. Um, we also have webhooks, so we can listen. The um, um, BuddyBase is set up to receive webhooks and to trigger some action um, as a result of an external webhook, um, which means that we can both send out to um, other services and then listen to things coming back in. So um, we also do cron triggers. So sending out a report every Friday, um, who's on your podcast next week, um, having that ready to go and then action. So if we just, if I just was quickly to have a look at a row created, um, so a new item or a row updated maybe, interacting with our data, wherever it is, designing our data and exposing it to our users um, in a way that's going to help them in their workflows be able to um, create forms, dashboards, be able to um, be able to receive that data. Um, we can also um, have automations. And automations can be triggered by things inside of the application, data being added and updated, um, and things outside the applications, webhooks or time passing. Um, mm -hmm. As a response to that, we can do things like um, reach out to, we've got built-in integration to Zapier and Make. 
So we can trigger sort of larger automation platforms to go and do things and then come back with the results. But also we can send emails, we can um, do, send Slack or Discord messages, we can um, update other records based on that one. So there's lots of, as, as the, these apps can grow with your organization's needs, we want to help um, you achieve your goals and automations is definitely up there as well. Yeah. Well, terrific. Kevin, this has been a great demonstration of buddy-based capabilities. Is there anything else you'd like to share with the audience before we begin to wrap up? Well, once we've built this application, it's all well and good. It looks great for me. I'm sitting here having built it, but actually it's not very useful if I can't get it into the hands of the people who need it to be able to achieve their goals. Um, so we have the whole user system where we can invite users um, into this application. Um, I've got a lot of my test accounts are on here, um, but we can invite users into this application and allow them to be able to add data um, we, or when we introduce this feature in June 2023. Um, but what this is, is an embedded BuddyBase application, which has multiplayer collaboration. So anyone um, can be editing this document, viewing this document, viewing it, and this is live into the database. Um, so we're able to see the data, update the data, um, and have that multiplayer thing going on. So as well as collecting the data, we can also expose the data mm. if we want to make that read right. So having those kind of embeddable things going on. Multiplayer is just so much fun. Um, so being able to, um, and, and so useful to be able to not lock other developers if they're creating the application to, um, collaboratively out but also other users so that we can see those changes live so that we can make good decisions um, based yeah. on the most up-to-date data. Yeah, and it looks great. It's a really attractive, easy-to-use interface. The The development paradigm is, it's just logical. It, it all makes sense. So mm -hmm. congratulations. I think it's a, a really great application. I've got some use cases in mind that I'm going to be tinkering with after we end the, the podcast. Awesome. Well, reach out and if you get stuck and we can we can solve those problems together. Appreciate that. I want to remind listeners that we have a video that accompanies this. If you want to watch what happened in action, there'll be a link in the show notes. And we'll also have links to the documentation page and some other things. Uh, so be sure to check the show notes. Kevin, it's been a great discussion. Good luck with BuddyBase. And uh, thanks for, for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Mike. Thanks so much to Kevin for joining us today. And thanks to you, the listeners. Appreciate you tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, leave a comment, a rating. Let me know what you thought. Share this with a colleague. Make sure you check the show notes for links to BuddyBase and some of the resources we talked about on the show today. Thanks, everyone. Have a great day.